Sunshine Stardust. Welcome to episode three of the Cosmic Mama podcast. I'm your host, Andy Murphy, and today we're talking with Christy Smith. Christy has written a book called The Enrichment Project. She's also one of my shamanic apprentices, and what I was most curious about was her use of the word crowning for her 2020 intention. We unpack this idea of crowning, we talk about cyber trust within this day and age, and we talk about labyrinths, because Christy just built one in her yard, and National Labyrinth Day is coming up on May 2nd, so make sure you get out there and spend some time in the divine. Oh my goodness, did you make it? I did. Hi, goddess. How are you? Oh, what a beautiful Saturday. I hope that your day has been as magnificent as mine has been. <laughs> I've actually been playing in the Egyptian Mysteries all morning. So, yeah, I think uh, I've sat outside and I've um, <laughs> just kind of been absorbing it all, which is exactly what I wanted to do. So, hey, um, and welcome to the Cosmic Mama podcast. I'm thrilled that you're here because... Um, I was doing a weekend workshop last week with William Henry on Portal to Ascension, and he kept talking about this idea of Corona and the crown and this new birthing that's going on. And a thought of you, um, not only because you're in the South and pretty close to him, but I thought of you because I'm like, you had as your intention for this year, something around crowning. Can we talk about that? Absolutely. Uh, I, it's, it's something I've done for the last couple of years running, and it's been just really powerful to choose an intention that kind of stretches across the whole year. And so mine for this year is question and joyfully crown my full spectrum authority. Woo! Okay. <laughs> or so I can absorb it. Right, right. It's, it takes, like, it's, it is, uh, it is uh, multi-layered on purpose. And I hope you can hear the wind chimes. Gorgeous. Okay, great. <laughs> um, so I have been having a lot of conversations with some ladies of my acquaintance around this concept of authority, um, the, the authorities in our lives that we crown and question. And I've always thought about that as the authority is external to me that I choose to give power to or not to give power to, right? And I realized that I needed to spend perhaps a little bit more time investigating where I claim my own authority. How do I know what is true for me? Uh, how do I exercise that? Do I run across periods of time where I do feel like I have the authority, but I, I step back from exercising that and, and why? Uh, and so that is, that's the crowning of my own authority. And, and the questioning part is to really not take anything for granted, to be willing to question assumptions that may have been longstanding in the effort to find out things that are true. So. Oh, ble- okay. So first off, it sounds like you're doing some pretty fucking big queen work. Like this is you move sovereignty of like queen, right? Yeah. Oh my God, Christy, I love it. Um, and why did you choose the word crowning? Ooh, well, so if that, that's actually the phrase crown a question, authority, the authorities we crown a question is a line from my book, The Enrichment Project. And it, it, okay. came up, it, it came up in the context of circles and how do we define ourselves? How do we define ourselves in the context of the communities that we surround ourselves in? And so I, you know, the concept developed originally as, as, the, as 
the communities that we choose to crown or give credence to. And, and so that's how it came up. Um, and uh, it was over winter solstice with a group of ladies that we started talking about how we applied this to our own selves. We started a uh, vibrant Marco Polo chat called the Boss Lady Chronicles. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and so it's just this running like little video chats of each other talking about, um, you know, where, where we were running into our own authority, where we felt like we had none. And um Turns out this year's a really juicy year to be having this conversation. It's, um, yeah, that's kind of where I just got really excited for you. Cause I'm like, Oh God, like you tapped into it before, uh, I did certainly. And so the fact that you had this intention that was held and so freaking clear, I'm just mm. in awe of, um, how has your practice in this, uh, expression and questioning of authority going? It's been going really well. I mean, we kicked off winter solstice by each of us uh, who were participating in this, creating our crowns to recognize our own authority. And then we sat in circle and shared that. And that was just really uh, powerful. Um, part of that ritual actually came up when I did a tarot reading for someone else who was a part of the apprentice group <laughs> that you led. So the, the threads of connectivity just keep on rolling. Um, and uh, so that, that was really, that was really lovely. And, and by witnessing that, I mean, this concept was birthed in a circle. And so having a circle of women to hold mm -hmm. ourselves accountable to that uh, has really been what's um, made it so vibrant, right? Hearing how people are crowning and questioning their own authority has made me more conscious of how I do that. Uh, and the reason I chose full spectrum is this sense of authority can be uh, exercised in so many different planes at so many different levels. It could be, uh, as is often the case for me, um, how I handle this at work. Um, working in cybersecurity, which is a very male-dominated field and, and dealing with... Uh, <laughs> Lots of very interesting questions. Certainly also right now, cybersecurity is very hot. Um, but it could be as, um, it could be as, you know, just as equally valid to talk about how I exercise my authority over my own body. What, what does my body need right now? What, are, what do my emotions need right now? Um, so it, I just, I would actually like, I would love to hear from you, like how, if you start thinking about your authority, what, what kinds of topics does that bring up for you? Um, I think I want to back up a little bit because oh. <laughs> authority yet, because for me right now with my situation, it feels like I was just thrown into a black hole and all mm. of it dissolved. So I'm really working right now on what is my, what's the container of Andy? Mm. Um, mm -hmm. And I think in Taurus, like, it's a really juicy question to ask, but I feel um, like I'm a vessel of the goddess and there's very little Andy in here right now. Um, like I've been atomized in some ways. So I just, um, I'm playing with this idea that you're asking around authority. I'm like, fuck, I don't even have the container in which to assert authority yet. Right? Ooh. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I love it. Oh, that, that's... <laughs> that because I'm really having to, um, redefine, explore, and then be really fluid with what this container is. So I'll say um, the best way that I've been playing with the idea of containers, I open sacred space every morning and I open the directions. Mm. 
And so I've been, instead of the body of Andy being my container or even the light body of Andy being my container, I'm letting the directions and the planet that I open be my container. Does that make yeah, sense? absolutely. Uh, I, like I said, this can be interpreted on a lot of different levels. I, I think it really boils down, like it, as I've broken it apart, it's boiled down to what are the patterns that we practice? Patterns as in rituals rather than habitual. Um, you know, it can be both or either. Uh, and I think that it's really, it's the rituals that we do are very explicit patterns, but part of understanding um, what it is you want to crown or question involves observing the habits that come out, especially when you're unmoored from your normal habits and traditions and livelihoods, right? And so all of a sudden you're, you're pulled away from all that. And it's an ideal time, you know, in, in uh, tarot speak, in the wake of the tower, it's an ideal time to look at the patterns that we have uh, constructed and, and build something else that's foundational. Um, and it's funny because I was just talking with uh, my girlfriend who was here for a minute uh, we have our fi- we have class number six of this round of the apprenticeship tomorrow, Christy. So oh. kind of a tender little time. Um, so my girlfriend came and was helping me with one piece that I need for tomorrow. Uh, and she was, we checked the mail. Sorry, long story. Um, but in the mail, like she has to fill out a document for insurance that she has that states, I have no document to provide to insurance. And I'm like, Oh fuck! I'm ready for these structures to fall. Like <laughs> for the absurdity of you filling out a form that says I don't have a document to fucking be done. It, um, so I think during a lot of this for me, I have uh, during the quarantine, during like I'm just waiting for disclosure, um, and I know disclosure is happening, but I'm like, when can we fucking start telling what's actually going on in here? And I'm a little. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I'm a little in the place of like tear it all the fuck down and then irritated that it's going so slow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Haven't we prepared for this for fuck's sake? How many thousands of years have we <sighs> this? And now you guys are like, well, just another couple. Fuck you. This is. So I'm squirming in my own discomfort right now. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I have um, I have found myself getting reacquainted with my shadow she's and I know you've been doing a little bit of shadow work yourself and <laughs> I, I did a <laughs> I, I've done a lot because you know we, we find ourselves like not maybe being our best selves and we know it and I feel like maybe we are we're all having to work through that in some way and I you know I um, have painted little images for myself for for six of the seven shadow she's that I've identified and so in my mind I'm working towards this last one which for me has to do with the touchstone of integration and and the shadow she is she who's overwhelmed and she who's confused and she um you know who who's hurt really but hurt by the world and well you know, like how do, what are the, what are the positive patterns that, that she needs? Um, I've been sitting with this one aspect of my shadow self and it's the one who's in hiding, Mm. right? I was working with Nepthes last week and I went in and I, um, I did a three day death ritual and I kept like, I had like literally in my bedroom, like a temple drawn and I'm like, I need to find the one of me who hides 
and I need to find, um, so I was kind of going through Nepthes to find, and remind me how you say Nepthes the right way, because I really oh, think Oh, well, I've heard it pronounced a number of different ways. Uh, Nephthys is, um, I think, probably the the pronunciation that I recall, but that goes back to grade school. So I don't know. I don't, I don't claim authority there. What fucking grade school were you in? Were they talking about? Jesus. I awesome. read a lot of books. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you. So yes, I was, uh, I was in my ceremony seeking her out and I couldn't find her. Um, and after about three different uh, attempts, I called a girlfriend and I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm like, all I can figure is she does not want to be found. She wants to find me. And she's like, you got it. Um, so yeah, that shadow self that doesn't want to be found, right? Mm. But who, not necessarily uh, when I want her to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the shadow she's, I like the way that you said that. Yeah, they're um, they're the parts of my personality that, they're not, they're not wrong. They're not bad. They have a very pers- like specific perspective on she who she was prickly. Like when I get angry, I get angry for a reason. And I don't know about you, but I've been dealing with a lot of rage lately. And, and it doesn't like, sometimes we suppress the shadows because we think that our rage uh, or, you know, whatever it is that we're feeling is, is socially unacceptable or, or doesn't have an outlet. Um, but suppressing it just makes it worse quite honestly (laughs) I who know the ways of she's hot um like righteous rage is where I'm at with a lot of this Mm -hmm. it's fucking um it's not indignant it's not um I had an experience oh probably in January of this year and I remember like I had this aspect of me and like I call her the queen of swords like she's fucking raging inside of me Mm. Um, and I remember, like, there's this aspect of Andy who's like, you need to calm down. Like, this is dangerous. You need to calm down. And then I really sat with this Queen of Swords aspect. And she's like, no, we do not. We need to fucking rage and let this burn through us because the continual suppression is really dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I um, I don't know. So I found out not everybody has gotten one. But I actually got a card in the mail with President Trump's coronavirus uh, guidelines. Oh, did you? I think, yeah, I threw my, yeah. Okay, that's cute. Uh Uh, Well, so one of the things that I've discovered um, over this quarantine period is that there are urban trails in the back of my neighborhood that go along to a creek and then to a giant park. I've lived here for 16 years, Andy, and I've never known this. Blew my mind. So in the very moment where my whole world is closing in, I discover this back road into this magical land that just like with a water connection and everything. And I can't even, but I took this, this postcard and maybe possibly a stubby orange candle. And (laughs) I went to the creek and I wrote on it. I was, I wrote out my rage and I wrote out what I was looking for and what I was hoping because, you know, I have, you know, friends that are sick and friends that are on the front lines and just the, the fear and the, the overwhelm, right? The she who is overwhelmed, the confusion, the not knowing like what to trust from anyone about this and wrote it all and burned it and was able to let it go in, in this, in this Creek. And that I'm kind of maybe tearing up a little bit about it, but that was so powerful. Um, 
I want to get back to she who is overwhelmed because uh, what I keep hearing in your words, I might call her my she who is gaslit. Ooh. Right? Because uh, I was with a narcissist for 15 years. It took quite some recovery to come out of that. Um, I just went through another breakup that's been pretty uh, gaslighty as well, pretty traumatizing in that regard of like, I don't know what's real and maybe I never fucking have. Um, but in that place of confusion. Yeah. Here in Colorado, the governor has given orders that we can, op- like, I could open and start doing readings. Uh, my massage therapist friends can do massages. My facial, my estheticians can, like, everything can open next week. Oh, no, that was, um, that was yesterday. I'm in Georgia. And I keep <laughs> sitting here. Okay, we need to talk about this now. Yeah. Because right? I'm like, am I fucking waiting for something to hit? Or am I waiting for something that has already hit and is passing? Like, what the fuck? have I been hiding at home for? Because I don't understand why you're telling us that we can reopen. Right. Yeah. Go, go. What the fuck's going on down yeah. there? It's really confusing. She who is going <sighs> to right? Like, yeah. Yes. What am I supposed to trust? And um, I know that certainly with our uh, beautiful entrepreneurs in my community here, it feels like we're being guinea pigs in some way. I- right. Let's see what happens if. Yeah, well, and I, I mean, there's there's so many there's so many different layers in politics and everything strung onto it, right? And I, I'm having a conversation with a friend of mine, uh, a TJ, who is a tattoo artist, right? And so she's been struggling financially, and now in South Carolina, like they're telling her she can open up her her tattoo business, and she's kind of panicked and and like was describing all of the different things she thought you know that she would need to do in order to feel safe and the pressure of this, and I was like, look. Let's, let's remind each other of like the authority that we can claim. Like you have worked as a tattooist for a long time. You understand cleanliness. You understand your clients. You understand what makes you feel safe. You have a tattoo environment that is safe. Like you, you can forget what the governor or whoever is telling you, like you can create a container um, that feels right to you. And if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. Right. That is your authority to claim. That is what you can crown in yourself is that, that knowledge. Um, and thank you. I want to make sure that I'm understanding this. So whenever we crown something in the ways that you are uh, sharing and exploring with us today, when we crown something, then we are giving it our authority. We are like stepping into alignment with it. Is that yeah, fair? it is. It's um, in some ways as a confidence, it's um, an acknowledgement that it is, I won't say a capital T truth, although that can be that, but it is a truth for now. It is, um, it's a yeah, claiming. it is a claiming. I liked the words you used around birthing, uh, and like the crowning of a, of a head, right? That, that is also the life <laughs> is coming into being well, here. And we'll talk about that in a little bit too. Cause I think that, yeah, I want to unpack that a little bit mm. more, um, I love that you've created a container so that your women in your circle, the people that you love, the women. um, And let me also say, like, I've known you a long time, honey. The women in your circle are fucking forces of nature. Um, So I'm watching us as the feminine rise in so many ways that is so profound. Um, And we have to thank you. I heard you guys think and spirits always talking over here, too. Um, as we're crowning these things for ourselves, the righteous rage will be a piece of it because unexpressed, it will be yeah. dangerous, right? Yeah. So I'm allowed to 
have rage and come to peace with that rage without needing to take any acts without um i'm not i'm certainly not an activist in that way i am a daughter of she sahat i will fucking make sure it's recorded in the akashic records bitches um <laughs> that's the power that i uh play with in that way and not in a vengeful way but like what is my authority here what can i do well and like to me like to go back to this phrase of the patterns that we practice that it, you know i'm looking i'm being able to step back now and I'm looking at patterns that have been unconscious and unconsciously hurtful that I pa- practice and like unmoored from everything else I find myself falling back on these things and that doesn't mean that like I can't veg out and watch a show for a long time or you know uh have a day where I do absolutely nothing because that's all I can do that day but it's there's there's yeah. that zooming out funny zoom there's the zooming out (laughs) to to have the perspective that the consciousness that this is what I'm doing I'm practicing this pattern because I'm feeling overwhelmed right now and that's okay and and that takes the sting of it out or maybe the guilt um that someone like me who's kind of a a type a get her done personality feels whenever she stops moving for five damn seconds um can I share with you next time you stop for five damn seconds um (laughs) I vegged out yesterday <laughs> and um, I so productive this week. Um, I'm keeping a daily journal of like what I get done so I can kind of quantify like where I'm at because I have a lot of, oh, you didn't do it. You didn't get enough done. Right. Um, and at the same time, like I have entire weeks that I do not have my child. I'm working with clients three days. I'm being very generous and very kind to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I find that I, I get my Atta girls by like having that list. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday, the list was not very fruitful, um, but I watched this show, and this is my point. Uh, there's a show on HBO called The Foreigners. Mm. Oh, my God, Christy. You okay. Must, uh-huh. must, must. Let's just say Christy. Let's say um, to all of our sweet little star seeds who are listening out there, The Foreigners, oh, it is so cool. Um, it is uh, an Icelandic show, I think, maybe Norwegian, mm. so it does have some but it's this idea of, like, people from the past – somehow show up in the now and then how as immigrants they are dealing with people from two different time periods wow and clever it's very thoughtful but like the premise of the show is like vikings have now come back into modern day <laughs> love it <laughs> oh it's so good so the, the foreigners uh, you must watch because we are giving ourselves those times off um and i think the word that I used is generous. And I think that that's even a little more um, inflated than I want it to be. Uh, one of the things that I said last week and took out of my newsletter, I'm like, if I haven't killed myself or anyone else, I'm doing this today. <laughs> oh, I mean, so right? a friend of mine sent me a meme uh, that said, uh, w- like in, during this time, you're either cleaning the baseboards with a Q-tip or you're drinking a margarita, listlessly watching the squirrels outside the window. Like there is no in between. I wasn't drinking most of it, um, but I found that getting high just wasn't getting me high anymore. So I moved to alcohol a week ago. Oh. <laughs> Goodness. Um, um, and I'll say like drugs in general right now, not that I, yeah, I don't consider really weed a drug, but like, I'm not finding much comfort in any of those right now. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely something that there's a a letting go. You know, I 
am working really hard. I'm working remote. My, my husband's been laid off as a, as a catering chef. There's not much call for that at the moment. So he's home (laughs) and like knocking about and, and really like, uh, unsure of what happens next for him and meanwhile my workplace is heating up really really fast and so it gets to the end of my work day and he's sort of like slept in and been able to enjoy the day and and I've got to like downshift really hard and really fast uh, as I come out of it and so you know what I'm gonna have a beer and I'm gonna walk around the neighborhood (laughs) actually I'm gonna have a beer and I'm gonna walk through my labyrinth first because when it comes to patterns that I'm practicing, that was my big quarantine project right when things started was to build a labyrinth in my front yard. Oh, I um, and thank you. You guys can watch uh, Christy's Instagram if she's willing to share that uh, because the labyrinth is on there and I've been watching and like cheering on the whole thing. Would you tell me how you walk a labyrinth? Ooh, I would love to. Um, I, um, so there's a, there's kind of, uh, a number of different things that go into it for me. And I, I was, I had the ability to teach a labyrinth, facilitate a labyrinth walking um, class last year. What? <laughs> uh, my friend Jaya has this retreat in the Tennessee mountains called resonance. It's really, really beautiful. And so I, I was able to scare some, scare some skills, share some <laughs> uh, at that, um, I'm going to blame that on the CBD kombucha that I'm drinking right now after a day full of yard work. Um, but there's a, there, what I call the four R's of walking. There's the remembering, uh, which is the kind of the calling to yourself, all of the parts of yourself, like calling back all of your pieces to be in the present moment and, and remembering why it is that you're here in this moment and walking into the labyrinth is a releasing. Then you're, you're shedding the, the burdens that you've been carrying. Getting to the center of the labyrinth is receiving. Um, you're receiving wisdom. So if you go in with a question or a pro- you can walk a dream or a problem or a history or try to innovate. Um, and so you're kind of witnessing when you get into the center and listening for guidance, exploring whatever images have come up for you so far. And then there's the resolving as you're coming back out of it. And that's being open. It's, it's asking a question. It's setting an intention based upon the experience that you've had. Um, the, I think it was St. Augustine said, Solvitur ambulando. It could be solved by walking. And it's really a walking meditation is what it, I mean, you can do this in a one room. You could just walk around in a circle and just be super conscious of how you're putting your feet one in front of the other and, and ground into all of the points of your senses and, and really inhabit the present moment. Um, and just see what comes up. If you don't have, there is a labyrinth locator, the labyrinth society, you can put in your address. <laughs> I just listed mine. I'm so excited. <laughs> Yeah. Um, are you going to have, uh, I know that you were kind of playing with this idea of inviting people to participate in it, but would you maybe have them like leave notes after of like what was released? Or I would what was love received? to do that. I think that I've started the most audacious garden project of my life because now I have like all these other things I want. I want to get a bench and I want to get a, <laughs> there's like fairy lights. There's, there will be many things, but I would love to have something in the, and could leave something or pick up a token or 
Yeah. Okay. That feels good. Um, I'm going to share because we do have a labyrinth <gasps> yes. not too far from me. So walking the labyrinth is something that I have always done. It's something that I have done with my child. She knows how to treat it, but like, I didn't know this for ours. Right. So I have mm, my mm-hmm. own process, but I remember. Um, so I always go in as a release. I know what I'm letting go of. Right. I arrive at the center. So apparently, you know, past life memory, what the fuck ever I've been doing <laughs> the right thing. Um, but I remember this one time, don't go in with any intention. I know what I'm letting go of. I get to the center and the words that come through are, I am the manifestation of the dreams of the goddess. Oh, that's so beautiful. Isn't that good? And I remember just like walking on my way out and like letting my wings expand. Um, because really, truly, how many women have fought suffered sacrificed so that we can be doing what we're doing now Mm. i'm the manifestation of the dreams of the goddess i know how many dreams were put in for us to have the liberties the freedom the authority and the crowning that we have now it's insane yeah that's really beautiful real (laughs) fucking well thank you very much is that well next saturday five two the first saturday in may is the World Labyrinth Day. <gasps> oh, I love that. Okay. World so they do they do this thing called Walk as One at One. So at 1 p.m. in your local time zone, uh, people all over the world are walking labyrinths. And if you don't have one near you, you can um, print one off and use a finger labyrinth and just trace it with your hand. Uh, I think there's okay. even apps that this. you can get where you can um, download an app and it will have different styles of, of labyrinths. Oh, thank you for, um, thank you for all of us and expanding, um, because this, the labyrinth, it is something that I've always treated with great Mm -hmm. sacredness. Um, but yeah, the fact that you were able to create one and allow and invite others into it. Um, hello, next time I'm in Atlanta. uh, It's been amazing. I mean, I, it's certainly, I built it for my own mental health. Let's be real. But the, (laughs) (laughs) But, but my neighbors, like really my, no, for a while, my neighbors had no idea what I was doing because everybody's out walking their dogs and their kids. And they're, it's like, my husband was doing this Tom Waits impersonation, what's she building in there? You know, like nobody, (laughs) but they've, they figured it out. And like, I was on a conference call at work and I catch a flash of color out of the corner of my eye. And here's somebody's like six or seven year old kid and he's running through the labyrinth wearing a mask and a superhero cape with like his hands out in front of him and all of a sudden I was like I got this call like I you know like speaking of tapping into my own authority it just I it was so beautiful there's a mother up the street who has a newborn who doesn't sleep real well and so she'll give up and just take him walking and she'll take a walk to the center and back out again just bouncing him it's it's oh, been honey. lovely. <laughs> um, thank you for uh, making this manifest and taking it out yeah. of the void. Oh, it's so good. Um, can we talk about this cybersecurity mm. thing? Because I find it, um, I have been honored and in awe to witness you in this position, not um, so I'd love to hear what's going on now, but I've watched you do such beautiful divine 
empowerment through this and really holding a place mm. of priestess. Um, very day job, right? But you somehow are witness and overseer of great integrity and great truth. So yeah, and I really love the use of that word integrity, Um, confidentiality, integrity, and availability are what they call the CIA triad. And it's, it's part of uh, information security found foundation that just even that word integrity that you chose to use. And uh, it is integrity is the making sure that uh, something is what you think it is, right? This sense of certainty, this sense of authority, dare I say. And I fell after getting a battlefield promotion onto the marketing team, which is something I've never done, working <laughs> in a field that was not one that I, as an English and philosophy major, not something that comes naturally to me. I'm not an engineer. And yet uh, I am running the industry analyst program. And so a good quotient of my job involves reading a lot of research uh, and then talking to really smart people and attempting to sound smart in return. Um, <laughs> and I didn't realize how passionate I was going to get about the fact that I think we should be able to use the internet safely. Um, I want to bring up this other word because as you and I were talking about it a couple of years ago, cyber trust. Yeah. Like the that you fucking defined what trust was in a cyberspace, Christy. Insane. I mean, I, did, I didn't define it. I have read a lot of things about it, but it is that, oh, I spent some time. Yeah, I spent some You've time looking at human models of trust and people who have written about human models of trust and then extrapolated to how you build digital models of trust. And it's really chains of information. I mean, and it, 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 I, that's that's a huge rabbit hole for me but i <laughs> i um so bring me here what does cyber trust mean right now with <sighs> fucking 5g with corporate that shouldn't be taking money from small businesses what does cyber so trust mean right the now the <laughs> phrase that i like to use these days is policy is the new perimeter um we used to build networks to keep things safe, even just it, if I use the metaphor of a, of a castle with moated walls, you know, like moats around the walls, right? You build these big walls and you assume everybody inside the walls is safe and everybody outside the walls is not. Makes sense in a medieval, uh, from a medieval perspective. And that's basically what f- network firewalls were built to be when the internet was new. But the challenge now is that everybody's, distributed. Now so everybody's working from home. They're using their mobile devices. They're storing information in the cloud, which is outside of a company's um, uh, network. Like it's, it's outside of their, their castle, so to speak, right? So how do you protect this information? Um, and it could be intellectual property of the organization, but it could also be the really personal details of you and I, our health information, right? Telehealth is now a thing. Um, and and right, so we're sending this information everywhere. So really, the policy becomes the new perimeter around the information, around the value that we create. And what that means is when you're requesting access to information or a service or a resource, you have to evaluate the identity um, of who it is that's making the request. You have to understand information about what they're requesting access to and then the context of the request. Uh, And so looking that that um, the thought around the context 
the ideas I'm sharing aren't necessarily new, but a lot of people don't uh, do this. This is a more modern way of thinking about uh, security. And, and it's evaluating whether or not something somebody should be trusted with something at that point in time, and then continuously evaluating that trust based upon all kinds of different factors. And, and that's really what we need to do in this age. You can't just say, well, so-and-so is in finance, and so they should have access to this. Right. I think this is true in human relationships as well. Like when, when, yeah, yeah. That's where I want to go, right? Because the whole, uh, the parameters of blah, blah, blah that you're talking about respectfully, like that's such fucking masculine talk. It is such like quantifiable things. So getting back into that place of like, really mm-hmm. trust, like, aren't we trying to learn? trust ourselves and trust our technology and trust maybe our government. <laughs> well, don't go that. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, um, I think in that, you know, she who has been yeah. gaslit energy, we are covering that nobody has been fucking protecting us. Um, Jessa Reed, who does the soberish podcast that I love. She said recently, she said, um, our biggest arrogance has been thinking we were safe. Oh, mm. mm-hmm. right. It is like a juicy thing that like, yeah, we thought that our parents paying into, you know, our government meant that our government was doing something right. <laughs> wow. We thought our health care was actually protecting us. Um, none of that is true. So, um, yeah, I think cyber trust and trust in general. Yeah. It's getting an Well, overhaul. and, you know, all of those very technical things that I was just saying, like in a human model of trust, right? When I'm talking to someone, I'm... I am continuously evaluating who this person is, what it is they're wanting to learn from me, about me, and what are the circumstances of, of this interaction? Do I feel safe enough to divulge this? Um, is this a good container? And so you were talking about starting your day by building sacred space. And I think that's really lovely. You know, you start with the context and we create our contexts. So if you want to create an environment of more trust, then, I mean, you become part of that. You become part of creating that. Mm, but even the way that you just said, like questioning it, right? That's what we're allowed to do now. Uh, not just allowed, but we've always been allowed to, but now we're being required to in many ways. We oh, need yeah. to start questioning well, I, everything now. You know, this this talk of shadows is reminding me, like I drew a, a tarot card for every month this year, at the beginning of the year. And, oh gosh. What'd you pick? March? March was the devil. <laughs> and the deck that I used um, is an animal-based one, which, of course, you'll love. And we can geek out about the animals that are involved in, in that later, just from, you know, shamanic animal friends perspective. But the questions with it are so good. And so I left myself a page to journal about these questions every month. And the questions for the devil um, was, uh, like, how do you use the creative force? Yeah. Oh, and so and are you allowing yourself to be a hundred percent of yourself? Are you a hundred percent accountable for your thoughts, feelings, and actions? Whoa. I mean, I'll be huh. honest in March, not so much a hundred percent for me. I'm going to be, I'm going to be straight with you. How could, 
Yeah, March was. Um, I'm trying. Uh, and forgive me over here. I'm really trying to find my March card. I don't oh, remember yeah, what, what March was April is. I remember what April is. Um, um April yeah. was the fucking hanged man. <laughs> so again, no big surprise there. Where I was like, oh yeah, that's. Um, but I think I knew in March that I was still heading into something that was uncomfortable. Yeah. That was great to me and really um my year ahead in general i was really irritated about there was nothing um and yeah i'm a little queenie i can own that mm-hmm. um and <laughs> i i expect that spirit and i are collaborating in certain ways and i remember looking at my year ahead and looking at my girlfriend i'm like i may not fucking stay like this blows this is not what i expected oh, this is not yeah. what i want my 2020 to be so i think my death process has been the death of the ego and the death of me having any yeah, well my april card was wheel of fortune so i'm with you oh but at least you had like something positive. i mean there's well, there's, yeah, there's, there's both i mean the question for the the questions associated with the wheel of fortune are how do you like the big one for me is how do you deal with change good change bad change how do you deal with it well and it's not mm. going to stop right that's i think what we're embracing it changes changes um i sat in the river recently and i wrote a little poem on instagram because i understand the ocean Hmm. i understand the swamp i don't the river i went and i was like can you teach me your medicine because i don't understand and it was that like constant force of change nothing is lasting and it's such a, um, you know, profound reality to sit in that really does seem to be the world around us right now. You can't trust anything and everything's changing every moment. And how you doing? Well, so one of the, like, <laughs> going back to that winter solstice, like, as we, as I set my intention, I misremembered this quote from, that I wrote when I was in high school. And it, um, the way that I remembered it was, who I am is the price I have paid to get what I used to want. And so I think, you know, it's like now is the ideal time to think about like the, the patterns that we practice there. So we, we make conscious decisions about what we want to bring into our lives, that which we hold most dear, that which we want to be, we're attracting to us, like where we want to go. Right. But what are also the patterns that we find ourselves repeating when luck doesn't go our way? Yeah. Um, and that's a good, Matt Kahn says it too. Mm. Who are you when things don't go your way? I turn into a whiny little bitch. I understand. Totally different, right? Like I am at peace with that and it's not all that fun. Well, but- you know, and like all of my <laughs> persistent questions about what crowns us is really this desire to get to the deep cuts. Like it's not so much a future calculus of who do I want to be, but a deep introspection of who I could be. It's an acknowledgement that I am changing. I'm not a human being. I'm a human becoming and, and allowing myself the freedom to change is, is so important. Um, I'm going to challenge. I don't know that I'm a human becoming. I'm a uh, divine sorry. becoming. Like it's fuck it. all this human shit. I'm over. <laughs> right. Like, um, ascension has been the only thing that I've ever wanted to teach um, and certainly everything within, uh, my life has gotten me ready for this. So I feel very excited right now of this process of becoming, mm, um, no, so I don't mean to challenge the human on it, but 
God, like, isn't this what we're here for? This is the ascension. This is, um, and this is kind of what I wanted to talk about when I reached out to you around this idea of crowning. We are crowning a new humanity. We are crown. We are in the birth process of an entire new earth that has been prophesized for eons. We have the ability to think through what it is we would like to integrate, right? Like that's where desire starts. Desire starts with that reaching out to something that we feel is separate from us and imagining what it would that separation oh well that's yeah thank you uh because that's where we're at right now there is no separation Mm -hmm. between me and the divine i am the light i have light um and in this place of my own atomization right now is what i'll call it there is no andy there's only fucking light i need to stop identifying with the pain i need to stop identifying with my karma I need to identify only with my life. Yeah, like, what do you, what do you want to be when, when you're at the end? How do you know that that whole journey has been worth it? What is it that survives the questioning? Yep. Oh, that's so good. The words that I've been using is, um, what am I fucking suffering right now for? (laughs) I know my end result. Um, (laughs) And she, um, that sweet little soul, she gets sick every time she's in a car. Um, like physically uncomfortable. I think it's some past life stuff. Gets sick every time she's in a car. And I said, well, what's your ideal way of traveling then, my love? <laughs> and she looked at me and she's like, teleportation. I'm like, that's right there. So let's, if we are in this place of like, what am I suffering right now for? What's the reality that I'm sacrificing my comfort right now to get to? Let's make sure that you know how to teleport. That's skill number one for you. As a family, we now devote our energy to remembering how to teleport. <laughs> Fucking got it, no problem, cool. <laughs> Here's the world that I expect on the other oh, side of this, yes. right? Yeah, it is. Um, and, and I think, you know, this, this time is just, there's a juiciness to it in terms of, of being able to contemplate Ugh. this. I mean, I, I am so delighted by how I have been getting to know my neighbors and how I've been able to just find more quiet moments. Like, I had given up on getting up to do stretching and yoga in the mornings. And I finally, like after this, Hey, if I'm really talking about patterns, I want to practice taking care of this, um, to, to borrow your word meat suit. I love that. Um, but to take care of this meat suit, like what, what does it need? (laughs) And it's like, well, I kind of need to move. Mm -hmm. And so I've been setting my alarm to get up earlier to do that. And, and it feels so good. Like what, what is it that you're craving? Mm-hmm. You know, what feeds me? Um, I have a list on my fridge so that I'm reminding myself all the time, like, here, here are the elements that I need to do to take care of myself today. Um, and so I've been starting, and really, finding new rhythms in this. I find this to be decadent in many ways. I find this slowing down to be... Um, a massive blessing and I'm really triggered by well, the people who aren't. I mean, there are, I, I mean, I have a friend when I, you know, when I came to uh, Colorado a couple of years ago and I stayed with my friend, Josh, he is a pulmonary doctor um, in an ICU and he oversees four different teams of people. He recently flew to New York to work a 24 hour shift, like, and then flew home. And, Whoa. and then he has, you know, I think it's uh, 14 days off to wait to see if he's coming down with symptoms. Meanwhile, he's supporting people um, 
via teleconference from a distance. And honestly, like it is true that there are people out there who, who don't have the luxury to do that. And, and the only thing I can say in that case is become present, like become as present as you can to this moment, because, Mm. you know, this wild, precious life, what is it about this moment and what it is that you're able to witness and offer to other souls on this planet that only you can give. That is your medicine. And there is a, there's a beauty in that. That is Um, and I love that you even go into a place of such compassion where I'm like, fuck you guys slow down. And you're like, yeah, they can't. But, um, this becoming present, I think is really a beautiful, Mm. um, offering instead. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, your book today because we haven't gotten there yet how is Ooh, well I mean uh, I um my kickstarter I exceeded it last year so I went through line editing of it and had the book proposal put together and so I've been querying agents and publishers and I started that in the fall and that's a really fucking brutal process it's it's really discouraging it's like job hunting but worse um and And so I haven't, like, I have not found the perfect match. Um, But I have had so many inquiries over the last few months from people who are like, this content that you've created needs to be of the world. Like, how do you make this possible? I, um, so I've started writing some tiered content where I'm thinking about like a shorter blog post or then a longer piece that has more prompts and practices in it. And then maybe there's access to more material after it. And then, you know, it becomes a tiered act because the, interestingly enough, I have 24 chapters. So two chapters a month is, is a year, a year's worth of a program. I, I'm wondering, like, that's kind of what I heard over here to yes. give me, I might've drawn some cards cause it's what I do. Um, what about this idea of turning it into online content, a course or um, videos rather than it needing to be a book because yours is so applicable. Mm-hmm. It's so practical. It's so experiential. The process that you bring people through, maybe book does feel like a limited format in that way. And I mean, the, the project started as an inquiry uh-huh. into create, it started as a year long project with me and 14 other women investigate our creative processes, which was how it began. And the medicine was, was created created the the magic was created in a circle and so maybe a smaller circle of people investigating this uh over a period of time is the perfect container for that type of medicine or training others on sure hostess the circle christy yeah i don't i mean i i am open to uh all of the the direction that's coming so i was supposed to do the atlanta writers conference which would would have been uh, the second weekend in May. And of course it's kind of not happening, but, um, but I, (laughs) I was going to send a, um, a manuscript review and of like the first 19 pages of the manuscript and then a, a query to an agent. So I have put those together and I've sent them out. And so maybe that will come back. Maybe, there's another smaller publisher here in Atlanta who might be interested in doing something like, but that's more of a hybrid publishing model where I'd have to try to invest more myself, but they might be interested in a, sm- a shorter form content as a booklet or something that accompanied it. So I'm, I'm being really open to the form that this could take. And I'll be honest that for me, 
working through the content, even again, just to just to condense it further down is this beautiful process of distillation. I, we, these, <laughs> these patterns we practice, I, I, how many times a day do I say this to myself? It's the practice of distilling something down further and further and further until it becomes as basic as breathing. Until it's something that you don't have to think about because it just becomes a part of your core. Mm. Yeah, so it's no longer yeah. a practice at all, right? And so it's there, are, there are it's seven the... of them for me in the book, and nice. they're desire, presence, balance, circle, compassion, spirit, and integration. And being able to witness in any given oh, yeah. day how I those have little are rocks representing each together, one in my right? bathroom, and I have to pick them up when I brush my teeth at night. <laughs> yeah, because I don't. So this floss is really real the well. container of Christy. <laughs> <laughs> Bless you, sister. Um, would you tell Would you tell us the name of the book? Because you know we have listeners, and maybe somebody really gets yeah. what it is that you're doing and knows how to help you bring it into the world. So the, so the book you, is the Enrichment is Project. My website is enrichment-project.com, and I'm pretty sure Enrichment Project is my handle on Instagram as well. Like then now I'm having this mind thing of like, is it radical ritual? I can't remember. Um, <laughs> but enrichment project should find me uh, on Instagram as well. Um, Cause yeah, the radical ritual that you came up with too. Ooh. Um, can we just go ahead and be that indulgent today that you can share a little bit about um, the Yeah. So the, that is my too? tarot practice, my tarot reading practice. And I started it at Burning Man where every time I did a reading, I would give the, um, the querent the card. And so it was the magic disappearing deck. And I'd send someone into the middle of the desert with the tower and say, good luck with that. And that was really hard. And then I met you and I began incorporating more shamanic work into this. And so I do a shamanic uh, reading as a part of the tarot reading. And it's really lovely to see the interplay of the energy. And I spend a good amount of time, like 45 minutes to hour and 15 or whatever with a client working through the energy, whatever that energy is, and coming up with a radical ritual that makes sense for this person to, to engage with that energy actively uh, in their lives. And, and, you know, some of this crowning stuff actually came up in, in a prior reading from last year. So they benefit me just as much um, as I think they benefit my, uh, my clients. Well, and I'll just, because um, mm. I was blessed to be able to be part of that, I think, first deck radical ritual. Um, the yep. card that came through for me was the moon. And I learned so much in that a built in that presence, right? In the presence of just one card, what could be revealed? Um, and it's certainly, uh, cause you did such a beautiful reading. I think it was Swan yeah. who came through at when you were doing, um, demonic journey for me. So really Christy, I come back to that often and I'm like, there's this wild place of creation and there's this path within the moon that's already paved. But the one that I love that I always come back to of what came through yes. in that. And that's, was, that's what comes what up am I reflecting? too. And like, I do one of these readings and all of a sudden the card is no longer the same for me ever. It's insane. Um, and I think certainly as cancery as I am and now 
no longer in relationship. So um, my mm. ex moved away and that's done, done. I know. Um, and my best friend moved away last summer. So I really sat in that space of when no one is reflecting oh, me back oh, to me, who am oh, I? Oh, I love that so much. I love that so much. Um. Oh, I know. Yeah, I, 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 I love it because it's hard. <laughs> I love it because um, it brings up a lot. <laughs> so I think that's the lesson that I've been in. Uh, maybe it will finish itself up around the solar return when we get back to it. But that's that's been the lesson that I've been in is when no one well, is reflecting me, who am I? And right now it's like nothing. So, okay, great. Then I'm the fucking vessel of the goddess and she's putting me where I, I need to be and everything works out. I think a lot of us are struggling with that right yay. now. You know, we're not out in the world. We're not seeing the people that we normally see. And so it's that like, man, am I going to put on pants today? Like, who am I when nobody's looking? <laughs> oh. It's uh, I think <laughs> a really good. Yeah, it's a good question to take into quarantine. Uh, and that way, I am very fortunate. Uh, I'm fortunate in so many ways. Let's not be ridiculous. But I'm all alone half of the time. Um, so no one else in the house, just me and my cat. Um, and learning to be in that space mm -hmm. has been um, a blessing and a challenge. Um, and especially, fuck, uh, I'm going to talk with someone else about this, but human design. In human design, I'm a projector, which means I do not create my own energy, which means I only engage with the world mm. by reflecting and projecting it onto others. What the fuck am I supposed to be doing in this? Um, I'm learning, right? I get that that's my, that's my medicine right now. I'm learning. Well, but what you're doing okay by starting this podcast are bringing in the people whose light you would like to reflect and, and, <laughs> and in turn have that light reflect back uh, on you. And so getting that mirror of, of, uh, of your energy and, and, and ways of making sense of this world. Like, I feel like you're active, you're taking action on that. Oh, honey. And with that, I will say, thank you so much for being here because I did get to reflect in this, uh, the Cosmic Mama podcast as she's come in. It is a place of exploration. It's a place of conversation. It's a portal of change. Um, and so we're ever changing and being able to have this conversation with you. I feel enriched and I feel excited. Thank you and for bringing you your for light into this world. I, this has been, I, today is even better because you are in it. See how I did that? I ended with, I feel enriched. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that, but it tells you where you can find Christy. You can find her on Instagram at The Enrichment Project or on her website. Thanks so much for being here. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, you want to share it with friends? I don't think I'm quite ready for stars yet. I mean, you can put in ratings, but I want to get a little more energy before I start asking for that piece. I want to make sure you love it. Music by the talented Jen Cordy and that image. Oh gosh, that image by Laura over at Isle Iris. See you next time.